you could be swallowing a credit card's worth of plastic or credit card's weight of in plastic every week. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a global pandemic. This is a problem. How, how could we possibly be eating a, a credit card's worth of plastic every single week and not be talking about this? <laughs> Welcome to the Superhero Academy podcast. I'm your host, Archangel. Hello, superheroes. My name is Marcangelo Coppola, and welcome to the Superhero Academy podcast, where my mission is simple, to help you become a better storyteller. So whether you're an entrepreneur, creative, or influencer, this show is designed to mentor you around the nuances of storytelling. While I read my script here in my new intro, Identify and capitalize on the trends to grow your presence and not suffer from the 21st century plight of the digital cricket. Cue the cricket animation and audio here. I'm waiting for it. It's coming. Do you hear it? And introduce you to incredible superheroes so you can create waves with your own stories and brand online. End of the day, I'm a geeky attention broker looking to teach you while making you laugh and sharing my take on the headlines and developments of this crazy, crazy world. So if you have comments, text me at the number below or DM me at Marcangelo Coppola on Instagram or whatever platform you love. You, you know where the links are, ladies and gentlemen. Now, this is season seven, a little bit of a disruption where, well, I tell you what we're going to cover in this show. And that's it's a little bit of a departure for what I've done from all the other seasons since 2013. But season seven is a little bit different because today we are going to cover in segments. Now, if you saw the episode before this, meaning you saw the season six ender, you understand what I mean by segments. And what I mean by segments is I'm breaking this show down into not just interviews with influencers, entrepreneurs, and creatives, but little sub-segments that are meant to go onto social media that engage people with the headlines and reduce the time from me filming this to it being published. Now, there's a thousand one reasons why I think that's an important um, facet of why this is going to make better content for you, the viewer, and how that's going to create more engagement, drive more traffic to my YouTube channel, drive more traffic to these full episode podcasts. But if you want to learn why I think that, Go watch the last episode, okay? Because that's not what we're going to cover here today. Today, we've got three segments that we're going to dive into. The first is called the deep dive. Convenient. Convenient how that is, right? A little segue over there. Um, so the first one is about, well, the combination of Earth Day, Seaspiracy, and something I like to call DDC. The second segment is a microdose. We're going to microdose into the world of Clubhouse and how audio is getting competitive and what my thoughts are on that and whether I, as a podcaster and somebody who makes audio for a living, um, well, what, do I, what do I think? What do I think about Clubhouse and what the landscape is going to look like? And then we're going to dive into a segment that I have not yet named, um, and I'm, I'll get to that. Uh, but it's about whether or not you, how to know whether or not you are buying a shit coin. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I said that. How to know whether or not you are buying a shit coin. So if you're interested... You can find down on the timeline where those time codes are, when those segments start. So if you came here for a specific segment and you're watching this full podcast, you can go and do that, or you can just watch the clips that will come out after this episode on this YouTube channel, which means, which means, ladies and gentlemen, if you have not yet hit that subscribe button, if you have not yet rung that notification bell, what the fuck are you waiting for? 
You're not watching full episode podcasts that I'm creating without hitting that subscribe button, are you? I fucking hope not. And, and one of the things that has changed is I've got my man Kyler behind the camera here who is kind of a co-host. He's here to talk about some of the different things. He's here to, he's here to rag on me every once in a while, not going to lie. Uh, and he's here to just give me a stake. You know what I mean? It's rather than it just being a solo cast with no other input, Kyler is now here. He's the man behind the camera. He's the man who, uh, well, actually, he's on camera. There he is. What's up, everybody? Happy to be here. Um, yeah, so Kyler and I are, are, are planning on jamming. We're really building this new format, right? This format is kind of shifting and changing. We're looking to kind of entertain you in different ways. We still haven't integrated all the things like the sound effects that I want to bring in. Like that, you know what I mean? Like, th those sound effects are there, but those are, like, kind of stock on the Rodecaster Pro. Shout out to Rodecaster, who's fucking awesome at making con uh, audio equipment. Um, so we still are, are, we're, like, figuring out the animations and things of these segments. We're still figuring out the format of some of this stuff. But the point is that every single week, you're going to see us upgrade this segment and this stuff. So with that said, let's dive in to our first segment, which is called The Deep Dive. So today is Earth Day. Well, no, that's a lie. It's not Earth Day. It's the day before Earth Day, but it's basically Earth Week. Kind of like Shark Week, right? That's a thing. Earth Week. You think of the, I think Earth Week's a thing. Um, anyway, it's Earth Week, and I want to talk a little bit about something that everyone who's been in quarantine, like uh, we are here in Montreal, has been watching online. In fact, it went so freaking viral all around the fucking world. Uh, I want to talk about Seaspiracy, right? So you watched it. If you haven't watched it, just go watch it. But if you have watched it, well, now what? Now what do we do, right? You've watched the show. You've watched this episode. And I want to dive into what can be done and what that might look like. So the first thing I want to point out, though, is that there are some shocking facts about our world, about what's going on around us. And so I'm going to bring up those shopping facts. And the first is that 46% of the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, that's the patch that's floating out in the, you know, the, the Pacific Ocean that's you know, the size of Texas or whatever it is, and it keeps getting bigger every year. Well, truth is, it's not really just floating plastic bottles. It's actually microplastics and a bunch of stuff. But 46% of it is made of fishing nets. Fishing nets that are made up of plastic that slowly but surely deteriorate in our oceans and end up, well, in our fish. And uh, when they end up in our fish, guess what happens next? They end up in you. See, there are studies out there, CNN Health here, that says you could be swallowing a credit card's worth of plastic or credit card's weight of, in plastic every week. Ladies and gentlemen, I know we're in a global pandemic right now, and uh, I'm not going to touch upon that topic. What I will say is that this is a global pandemic. This is a problem. How, how could we possibly be eating a plastic, a credit card worth of plastic every single week and not be talking about this more? And I get it. I know that you did your part. You watched the documentary. Maybe you thought about giving up fish for a minute, right? But then you're like, well... Poke bowls, though. Like I really, I really like myself a mix of salmon and tuna and spicy salmon poke bowl. And I get it. I love poke bowls too. But here's the thing: the world is being overfished. Our oceans are 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 dying. Like I mean, it's coral bleaching is a problem. I mean, that's related to climate change and a bunch of different things. There is a lot of problems happening. 
but enter in a solution. Now, I'm not saying the solution, because that would be unwise of me, but what I will say is that I have partnered up with, and I'm actually invested in a company called Dollar Donation Club. I want to bring you this forward, not because I have any financial incentive to doing this. It's because I we're really trying to build a billion person army, a billion people rising together to become the world's biggest philanthropist. I call it philanthropist, but really philanthropist by taking collective action where people can give a dollar a month, a dollar a week or a dollar a day, whatever you choose, towards specific causes. Basically, how do you take the ROI of return on investment, right? Building a company, building a nonprofit, doing all those kinds of things, and build a brand, a media company of sorts that tells you this news and then finds and vets the best companies out there, best organizations out there is a better way of saying it. And that's what Dollar Donation Club is doing. Our startup based, you know, a bunch of, of really close friends of mine have come together and, and fundraised, fundraised for, built the brand, did the stuff. I think it's brilliant. They've got a flying pig logo, guys, ladies, ladies and gentlemen. Come on. Any brand that's going to go out with a flying pig logo, I'm into it. Um, no, but for, for real, I mean, they've, they've got a very, very cool way of trying to solve large-scale impact problems. And so to me, the other ROI, the ROI of Ripple of Impact, is what this organization is about. And that's why I invested. I invested because I know I'm going to meet amazing people and I'm going to play a role in helping tell big stories that create movements that solve large-scale problems. And guess what one of the problems that they're solving is? Removing or attempting to remove a Guinness World Record amount of ghost nets out of the ocean. To be specific, we're looking to raise, I think it's $3.2 million. It's not that much money, by the way, like $3.2 million, to remove a million pounds of plastic. So for every dollar, we are removing 0.33 LBS of plastic out of the ocean in the form of ghost nets. And ghost nets are these incredibly horrid nets that are used in these in large-scale fisheries that essentially are dragged across the ocean to capture as much fish as possible. Now, that has all kinds of horrid consequences. Let's say they catch dolphins in these ghost nets. Well, they dolphins die, they throw them back in the water, and all kinds of byproducts and, and challenges are faced with ghost nets, including the dragging of these nets sometimes at the bottom or, you know, hooking on to coral reef and destroying coral reef and, and, you know, essentially like cities for fish. That's what essentially coral reef is. And it's creating massive, massive issue. Now, the Dollar Donation Club team has found a way, number one, to vet organizations, right? Because let's be real. How many people have donated a dollar to like, I don't know, the Red Cross or some organization that maybe, maybe the money's going to the right cause? But Dollar Donation Club is doing a little bit different. They have vetted through a, a very rigorous system, through people who are leading experts, scientists, you know, uh, sailors, biologists. I mean, you know, people who have like been involved in Google X, for example, in, in Tom Chi. I mean, they've got really, really smart people, really way smarter than me, like, like way, way smarter than me, vetting these organizations and tracking the entire process from your dollar being donated to the plastic being removed out of the ocean. And a hundred percent, 100% of the dollars that you donate go directly to the cause. Meaning none of that money goes to a marketing team or the CEO of the company or blah, 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 blah. 
In fact, the monetization model is through tipping. Now, if you want to tip Dollar Donation Club, you can. And that's where we monetize through those types of things and through bringing on partner organizations like a giant organization. I don't know, maybe a Patagonia would be awesome. Patagonia, I'm looking at you. I want you involved. Um, who donate and then there are some monetization things and uh, details, okay? Long story short is if you're an everyday person, you donate a dollar, it goes 100% to removing 0.33 LBS pounds. That's, that's what LBS stands for, in case you, you didn't know. Maybe you're an American, you speak in ounces. I, I don't know how many ounces that is, but it's, it's 0.33 pounds of plastic for every dollar. Now, that means that we're basically removing 30 credit cards worth of plastic for that dollar. That's roughly that weight. And so if you're eating a plastic credit card in your diet every week, well, maybe this problem impacts you. Maybe ghost nets and plastics in the ocean has more to do with just like it being shocking on Netflix and maybe you can actually do something about it. So I did something about it beyond investing in the company. I also donate and I have a profile. Look at that. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. It's so nice. Right? So you have a profile. You put in your, your, your address, where you come from. You can put in your credit card and donate. I chose to donate. I, I think it's once every week, a dollar a week for now. And I'm going to upgrade. But guess what? Your homeboy over here, Mark Angelo, at the top of the charts in Canada. I'm the number one person with impact family and impact points. And the impact points are just a way of gamifying donations. It's a way of showing how you can grow an impact family and how you can have impact points. And that's based on the people that I'm attracting or bringing in to donate and participate in this. Now, this is very early stage of this organization, but we need your help. We need your help to donate. We need your help to spread the word. We need creatives to help us make content. We're going to be doing other campaigns like planting like an insane amount of trees all over the world and all kinds of different things. But for that to happen, we have to scale and we have to, well, we have to reach our targets on some of these problems, right? So Seaspiracy is, is a great thing that, it's a, it's, a, it's a story, real life story, a very sad story of a very real problem. And as, you know, the, the shocking stats that you can look at here, 46% of the plastic in the Great Pacific Garbage Patch is freaking ghost nets. And they have so many other implications, like I said, getting caught on coral reef, uh, attaching themselves to whales or turtles or, or potentially mermaids. I don't know. Is there mermaids? Is this a real thing? Or is it just like an Instagram influencer thing? What do you think, Kyler? Oh, they're real. I've seen them <laughs> firsthand, especially in Montreal. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, today there might be uh, frozen mermaids because it's snowing in April again. Um, but it was beautiful. Don't even get me started. Oh, we're not. We're not going there. I'm not going to be a Canadian complaining about the weather. Um, but what I can say is, we. I would love for you to join this. I, I honestly, for me, this is really. You know, I, I call myself a philanthropist because I, I truly believe that we can have a difference. And I truly recognize that, you know, as somebody who watched a documentary a week for 52 weeks straight when I started my journey, uh, changing my life and learning about the world around me, you know, the biggest thing that I realized is that every one of these documentaries was spending like 90, 95% of the time talking about a problem and sounding the alarm. Ding, 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 we need to do something. This is horrible. But very little about what we can actually do. And what I love about Dollar Donation Club is it, it just feels real. 
It just feels like something I can directly impact and we can speak to the direct organization and the direct, you know, skipper or captain of the boat and speak directly to like, hey, we're going to weigh the plastic and the ghost nets that you take out and we're going to report all of this back to you, the person who donated. And if for whatever reason we can't pull out that much plastic, but we can because there's so much of it, unfortunately. Um, and I, you know, I'm making jokes because I want to keep you entertained, but you know, I really, I'm sad um, as a, a scuba diver, rescue scuba diver. This, I see this. I see the impact of this. I've seen coral reefs destroyed and devastated. I've seen forests get clear cut. And at the end of the day, we have these massive world scale problems. And rather than being billionaires and pointing our fingers to the billionaires and saying, why don't you donate more and do more about it? Well, what if a billion people rised up together and actually made something happen? What if we just like banded together and made something really awesome and cool? And so, you know, I just, I want to see this story grow, but I want to see the solution grow. I want to see the conversation around the solution grow. You know, one of the shocking stats I learned when it came to the issue of climate change, you know, this is a few years ago, but there was an article that came out there. Every one article that talks about the solution to climate change, there are 80, 8 zero that talk about the problem. So to me, ladies and gentlemen, the problem that we have is a narrative problem. We have a narrative problem around the fact that these alarmist headlines and the alarmist type of documentaries are great at mobilizing us into our fear or fight or flight response. They're great at mobilizing us in a way that gets us to engage and recognize the problem. And that serves a very good purpose. Thank you, Netflix. Thank you, Seaspiracy. Thank you for, you know, all the people who made that documentary possible. And I know it was kind of produced by, I believe, Kip Anderson, who was the, um, the guy who produced uh, Cowspiracy. Another great documentary. Um, what I can say is that this, the alarm is sounding and it's on and it, it, we're in a real serious problem. And by like 2048, 2050, some of the estimates are we're having more plastic in the ocean than fish. And so I don't know how that makes you feel, Kyler, but I saw your eyes light up. Like I saw you go like, whoa. Like I'm shocked. Yeah. Like, Kind of unbelievable. I mean, most of the world is water. I mean, how many freaking fish are in the ocean? And we're getting so far that there's more plastic. It's it's crazy. And, you know, to be honest, I don't think about this stuff every day. So it's it's good to hear that some people are out there promoting this, this type of message. Yeah. And sharing that everyone can, everyone can donate a dollar a month. I personally fully agree. Um, and... Look, we're on this journey. We haven't figured it all out. We're, Dollar Donation Club is not perfect, but it's definitely a step in the right direction. It's definitely something I want to put my storytelling skills to the test on, and that's why I'm doing this as the first segment of Season 7, because this is what matters to me. So I want to do this, this podcast, in this way that entertains you, but that also brings you really good, valuable information and news. Now, speaking of that, here's a nice little transition. Oh, wait. Before I transition, transition back, uh, you know where the links are. If you want to join my Impact Family, if you want to join Donald or Donation Couple, you just want to check it out. You want to share it. Even if you can't donate a dollar, 
I get it. You can share. You can vote with your attention. You can click like on this podcast or the clip of this thing on YouTube. You can tell somebody else about it. You can give us an introduction to a company that you think would be interested in donating. Or maybe you have a company and you're interested in donating your version of a dollar a day because maybe you're crushing it in this uh, 2021 landscape like many of us are. And um, yeah, you know where the links are down below. Uh, that being said, <laughs> transition to the next segment. Uh, again, eventually I'll have the, you know, little, little, little sound effects, kind of like that one. But uh, for now, we don't. We don't have those sound effects. So what I want to bring up is a topic uh, that every entrepreneur uh, that's looking to gain market share and potentially uh, find greener pastures because the algorithms on uh, social media are a little... T- they're joking us. They're joking us. <laughs> you like that one, huh? They are. They're joking. <laughs> they're horrible. I mean, come on. Is it, is it just me or people building large followings and then it fucking sucks? It sucks that you can't reach your, your following. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a tricky... I know where you're going with this. So it, it, it does. It does. Mm-hmm. That's all I have to say. Well, here's I'll our- let you... Finish your thought. Yeah. Well, so the thought here is that the algorithms suck. People looking for greener pastures, and where better to look than Clubhouse, the audio-only app that allows you to tune in and have a bunch of FOMO about missing out on some crazy, amazing expert that's going to show up and talk their mind. Now, I'm making jokes, but the truth is, they've had like really interesting people show up. I mean, Elon Musk was one of them. I mean. Damn, he like broke Clubhouse. He I, he probably led to more downloads and more people learning about Clubhouse and wanting to know more about Clubhouse than anybody because he's just like the meme lord of the world now. And we'll get to that. We'll get back to that later. <laughs> Another segment that I already mentioned at the top of this show. Um, but Clubhouse, right? Clubhouse is this app that if you haven't tried it, well, you should try it. It's it's interesting. Uh, it's it's kind of like talk radio where all these experts come in, you never really know what's going on. You can kind of schedule a meeting and there's these little clubs that are there. And to me, it's getting ruined. To me, it's getting ruined because they let too many people in too quickly. But when it was first started, when I mean, like people were first starting to get in when I joined, because I'm an original hipster, as you know, right? I'm an original hipster. Yes, self-certified, because that's what all hipsters do. <laughs> um, no, for real, like I... I when I first joined, there was like really amazing entrepreneurs, people who work inside organizations that you would never really find out or hear about where the algorithmic silos that are created on Instagram are gatekeeping me from finding these amazing people. And what I loved about Clubhouse is that wasn't the case. You can really end up in a room with a bunch of amazing experts and it's a very simple system. There's not even a chat feature. That's how simple it was. And it doesn't even, it doesn't even exist on Android. That's how simple it was. Now, maybe now it does. I don't think so though. I don't think mm-hmm. they've rolled out Android. No, not yet. Yeah. So, 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 sorry, Android users. Sorry. <laughs> well, yeah, un- unfortunately for you. But maybe, but maybe not unfortunately for you because, ladies and gentlemen, first of all, Clubhouse raises a Series C round at a $4 billion valuation. Where did they get that number? Well, it sounds like it was roughly the number that Twitter was offering to buy Clubhouse. Roughly around there, apparently. Something like that. Maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less. I don't know. Long story short, I think they should have sold because I think they're going to get absolutely crushed. Now, why do I think they're going to get crushed? Before I get to 
Facebook and how the Facebook machine is coming to stomp on your algorithm and juice you. Is there algorithm in other places? No, we must destroy and turn this into a monoculture. We must have all the market share. Yeah. Yeah, before that, um, Spotify is launching its own Clubhouse competitor. Wow, isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing how Twitter, Spotify, Reddit, Facebook, they're all going to come out with something similar. So do I think that Clubhouse has a fighting chance of surviving? <laughs> no. No, I do not. I, I, as I watched Snapchat just get crushed uh, through, you know, the copycat that was Instagram stories, um, good on Facebook. Good on Facebook for just, you know, saying, hey, yeah, that's a great idea. Actually, we're going to take that. Now, do people still use Snapchat? Yes. Are people like, is the stock value price going up on Snapchat? Mm-hmm, it is. Do I think it's going to freaking ever have market penetration in people like my age group or the older generations? Uh, no. Snapchat's being used for people who want to send dick pics. Okay, I made the joke. I hear you. Ha, ha, Right? Ha, ha, ha. Made the joke. But it's kind of true. It's, it's a younger generation thing. It's a Gen Z type thing. It's, it's, it's one of those things that, I don't know, I just don't see it having legs for a very long time. For me, Snapchat got crushed by Instagram. And I think, I don't know, would anybody disagree with this? Like, is, is anybody out there being like, no, Snapchat's the best? Yeah, no, I agree. I, I almost never use it. It's something that I used when it first came out. It was cool. Yeah. In, minute Instagram we all, let, let's be real. We all used it, and I know you did it too <laughs> because of Gary V. Let's be real. Gary, Gary V. v yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, uh, with my lovely lady that I have right now, like, Sure. We connected on Snapchat. We texted. We went back and forth saying. Wait, did photos. you meet your? No, 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 no. Okay, you didn't not, meet on Snapchat. But you just meet. you use Snapchat as a way of like making funny, interesting conversation. Hundred percent. Great. TikTok better than Snapchat in my personal opinion. TikTok's here to stay, right? Like TikTok 100%. is amazing. The algorithm, the system of discovery, the way that the feed works. Like, I mean, there's a reason why Instagram made Instagram Reels. Now, is Instagram Reels on par with TikTok? No, it's not. The search feature, like the, the function of reels and the limitation of 30 seconds is not as great as TikTok in my personal opinion. But guess what? This show is making a lot more reels. And guess what? We're uploading those reels onto TikTok. Hmm, isn't that interesting? Because the formats are changing and Clubhouse and, and the emergement of Clubhouse and audio and kind of this FOMO audio, which is that you have to show up to get the information. What I like about that is it creates real engagement and engagement that says, that actually demands your attention. See, that's the magic of Clubhouse. Like, why is Clubhouse super interesting is because it demands your attention right down and right there. Because on other apps like Netflix, you can just come to watch the content at any moment. Same with Instagram, same with other things. Like, I can go and read your caption of a post that you posted four years ago at any moment in time. Now, the likelihood that I'm going to do that is very low. But if somebody's showing up on Clubhouse or in an audio format that is live and only live and not recorded, then people are going to pay attention in a very different way. Now, do I think it's a podcast killer? No, not even close, right? Podcasts are amazing for so many other reasons. What if I'm looking for information and I'm looking for it at a different time than the Clubhouse is happening? Clubhouse is this one sliver of time with the people who are available at that one moment. But what if I'm doing a Clubhouse at 8 p.m. and you're in the UK? That's just not convenient. You know what I mean? I, 8 p.m. Eastern, I'm in Montreal, ladies and gentlemen. You, you know what's interesting, too, is that now people are recording their calls mm-hmm. and then posting after. Mm. So, like, 
Gary V or the future on Clubhouse. Yeah, so they're just like stealing and ripping the audio and then posting it on other social media platforms. Yeah, they'll either they'll be on a Zoom and they'll record it via like that with their guest. Yes. Right. If it's that kind of format. Yeah, or yeah. yeah, just have a camera record it and then have their phones. Yeah, but there. so what they're doing is stacking functions like we are, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is a podcast, but it's really a video show. It's not a bad audio is good, but it's sub part of video. You know why? Because video has audio and it has video. So if you don't want to watch it, you don't have to, but if you want to watch it. You want to see my expressive hands and my Italian nature? Then you can. And guess what? YouTube is still the freaking king of the social media world. That's my personal opinion. YouTube is the place where I go to learn. LinkedIn, fine. Get a job, do those kinds of things. Hunt, find leads. But it's ruined. It's ruined by the DM bots and all the things. I mean, there's all kinds of places where it's being ruined. And to me, Clubhouse was getting ruined when it just, they opened up the invites to everyone. Had they really kept the invites tight everyone would have invited their best like most smart friend and that would have grown organically and slowly and clubhouse would have been a real clubhouse kind of like a soho house in new york or london or wherever it has this like vibe where it's like it has to have a premium like feel where you're getting the best people in but if everyone in there in there who's a coach who coaches coaches on how to coach coaches and make programs that coach coaches ends up there and everyone thinks, oh my God, like maybe you should pay attention to me on Clubhouse. Oh my God, that's so cool. Like, look at what I have to say. And then you hog all the time on these freaking Clubhouses. It's annoying. And then there's so much ass kissing on that thing, right? Like, it's just me like, oh, we're going to reset the room here. Oh my God, like this person is amazing. They've done four things in their life. They were a coach, a coach to coach who coached another coach who made $4. (laughs) I'm glad I made you laugh. I'm laughing because it's so true. And and like I was, when it first came out and I got on the app, I was a big pro for it. I was like, everyone has to get on this right now. Totally. I was like sending people invites and getting the whole thing. But yeah, now it is, my phone blows up. I had to shut off the notifications because it it was too much. Just too many people are creating clubhouses. And and I would be on it all day. I would never get any work done. Yeah. So and, I, and that's thing, good, and that's good. But then what happens is that has a short-lived lifespan, right? I got burnt out. I yes. like I made great connections. Oh, I made sure. incredible connections. on Instagram. Uh, afterwards, yes. <laughs> on Instagram, didn't have a chat app. Everyone went to Instagram, and then DM'd an Instagram. So now I follow you on Instagram. Now we're on Instagram. Yeah, and that's, that's where how we we're connect. Com- yeah. So 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 guess what? Facebook. Oh, Facebook comes out with a clubhouse competitor this summer. Hmm. Wonder how that's going to work. Well, guess what? It's a, it's going to work pretty, probably pretty good, right? So they are indeed launching a competitor to the Buzzword, uh, Buzz Social app, right? It kind of looks cool. I mean, some of these like little pictures and you know pieces. But, you know, I don't know. I think the mockups are looking pretty decent. You can add effects. Or they're going to come out with all kinds of things that that Clubhouse can't do. First of all, they're going to have it on Android. Plus, they have WhatsApp and Instagram. You you really think that Clubhouse has a sh- freaking chance? Zero, zero percent chance in my opinion. Now, if I'm wrong, clip this. We'll talk about it in a future episode of the podcast, but I won't be wrong, ladies and gentlemen, not on this one. I'm a social media guy, and I'm telling you that Zuck, Zuck is coming for that algorithm. He's coming for You can taste that algorithm from miles away. Miles away. But I, I will say that, you know, Zuckerberg... Whoa, wait, what? Zuckerberg says a partnership with Spotify is forthcoming too, which will bring the company's player over to Facebook, letting people stream music and podcasts from their news feed. 
Oh my God. I just got shocked on my own episode. I, I prepped for this. I didn't, re- I didn't read this far down this article, this specific article. Um, wow, that is amazing. So that's great. Apple's also unveiled, you know, podcast subscriptions and redesigned their Apple podcast app. I mean, the, the world of podcasts is super important because the attention span is very high. If you like this show, and if you're watching it, you probably like it to some degree then you, the engagement that you have and the likelihood that you would take my advice on something like what microphone should you buy to build uh, a podcast or what camera should you use to make a multi-angle podcast or what should you do with your, uh, your social media presence and storytelling? Like you're going to take advice from people like me if you relate to me, right? And the same is true for Joe Rogan. The same is true for other podcasters that you might like. And, and the same is true for shows that have longer spans of time. Philip DeFranco on YouTube. I can think of the Impulsive Show as it was a podcast, but it's also a show on YouTube by Logan Paul. I mean, look, there's a ton. Okay. But the engagement here and the potential willingness to buy and the that attention span isn't like Instagram stories. It's it's truly got another level of connection and you feel connected to the person, to the creator or to the entrepreneur that's on the other side of that that screen of that show that you're paying attention to. So I, look, I, I think Facebook is going to come out with something really interesting, um, but they were kind of wrong in certain moments, right? Like Facebook's choice uh, to do a video first and video only. Like they were like, video is everything. And this was a few years ago. Um, and it caused an enormous amount of havoc. I mean, this article came out in 2018. It just created a enormous, enormous push of people trying to focus on video. But look, I do believe audio is a thing. I still think that Gary Vee is right to say that we're going to be using our Alexas and our Siri's and all these things to do certain things. Like, hey, Siri, what's the weather outside? Currently snowing, minus one degree. Hey, Siri, stop. They're listening all the time. So, of course, audio is going to play a role. And it's going to play a role when we become multitaskers more and more and more as we are. Specifically, when we're working from home. Yeah, maybe we don't have a commute time anymore. But guess what? That means we have more time to listen to content while cooking, while doing other things. So, I think Clubhouse and the live audio format makes a lot of sense. But I think live podcasts are going to make even more sense. That's what I've been betting on. Hence this setup. I'm not live at the moment, but I will be soon. Because as I get these segments down and I have all these animations and all these other things dialed in and the audio board and all that stuff, I'm going to go live, ladies and gents. And then we're going to make clips. And then we're going to take those clips and contextualize it to all the different platforms, including things like Clubhouse, but probably on Spotify or Instagram or Facebook because that's where we already have followings. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is why Clubhouse is going to get slaughtered and they should have sold to Twitter. How do you turn down $4 billion, ladies and gentlemen? How? How? $4 billion. Like, just fucking... Like, didn't they learn from freaking Snapchat? And I know Snapchat... Again, I know Snapchat IPO'd and did the whole thing and their shares are up, but I... Ugh, I don't know. I believe in Pinterest more. That's a whole other topic for another day. With that said, ladies and gentlemen, when it comes to hype, there is nothing, nothing that hits the charts more than uh, cryptocurrency. Have you heard of blockchain? Have you bought some Bitcoin lately? Have you seen it in the headlines? Have you watched things like Dogecoin go to the boon? 
maybe Elon Musk is going to be bringing an actual Dogecoin to the moon because they got the contract for uh, the lunar landing landing system. They've got like all kinds of contracts with NASA nowadays, which is amazing. Go SpaceX. I'm a personal fan of uh, Starlink and all the things that they're doing. I think it's genius. I think they're going to be the biggest company on the planet. Uh, Tesla will be, and uh, SpaceX will be one of the biggest companies on the planet too. It really will. But, but there are some lemons out there, ladies and gentlemen, because I don't know that you should invest in Dogecoin. Now, do I have Dogecoin? Yeah, I do. But I bought Dogecoin at like uh, four cents because I thought correctly that the internet is a very funny, interesting place. And when I saw the whole Wall Street bets thing phenomenon take off, when I saw all the things that were going on with GameStop and AMC and bring back BlackBerry and Nokia and all these crazy things, I knew that it was only a matter of time before Dogecoin shot up. And I literally called it. I'm like, I believe Dogecoin will get to it from four cents. I think it will go to like 10 cents or, you know, and, and, and it's very possible it'll get to a dollar. And I still, to this day, think it will probably get to a dollar because there's that many freaking crazy people out there. Now, do I believe Dogecoin has any fundamentals? No, it's a joke. It's a meme. It's literally was made as a joke. But guess what? Jokes matter, right? People watch comedy. People enjoy comedy. And the brand of Dogecoin is perfect because the fact that it was a joke and therefore it doesn't have this profound incentive behind the people who founded it and therefore they like... They're not controlling the tokenomics in a particular way. It creates something that's very, 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 very interesting. Now, here's the thing. There are some whales in the Doge market. I think there's like two people who own 30% of all the Dogecoin. So yeah, there's a, there's a big potential for some uh, very, very steep, um, you know, <laughs> rockets that go to the moon, but also rockets that crash like SpaceX rockets that are coming back down to Earth when uh, the Falcon 9 was not yet ready to do those landings. Uh, yeah, it's a, that's a, that's a space joke right there for you guys, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know if these space jokes are landing, but I'm trying, right? I'm trying to be entertaining. Um, but hey, that being said, how do you know whether or not you're investing in a shit coin or not? Now I say a shit coin because guess what, ladies and gentlemen, apparently there are shit coins. Apparently there's a new coin that came out called the poo, the poo coin. I'm not even joking, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not even joking. PooCoin is a thing. There are charts. PooCoin skyrockets 100% and beyond Dogecoin rally because why not? That came out today. April 21st, 2.28 a.m. PooCoin skyrockets. But guess what, ladies and gentlemen? How's it doing? Let's see. It's skyrocketing. $4, well, I mean, $4.27 for PooCoin? Oh, it seems like a good deal. Maybe I should take a, one of these turds and bring it into my wallet. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, obviously the crypto market is a little frothy. Okay, yeah. So there's more froth in the crypto market than there is my latte in the morning. And there's a lot of froth in my latte because I, I like my oat milk. But, ladies, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I, there's no... Don't buy PooCoin. Don't buy, don't buy, you know what's another coin? Don't buy Pikachu coin. Pika. Don't buy this. Look at this. Look at this run up. And I'm not even joking. I looked into it. I looked into potentially buying Pikachu coin because I was like, this might, just like Dogecoin, this might have legs. Not because I believe in the fundamentals, but 
Because. Now, here's the thing. What's going on is that people are chasing yield, right? I love to talk about storytelling and finance and particularly finance that's based on hype as I liken it to like surfing, right? So many people in the creating of their brand or telling stories online are trying to surf the waves of trends. I'm surfing the wave of trends right now. I'm like, you're literally in the middle of me surfing a wave of trends. But um, the truth is that two things happen. One, in the entrepreneurial space, people try and create the wave and then surf it. That's a horrible idea. It's very costly to try and create a wave. Like, yeah, the number of clients that have hired me as a marketing expert or storytelling expert to essentially be like, hey, make me go viral. And I'm like, okay, sorry, I'm not gonna make your ad go viral. It's just not gonna happen that way. Like, it's very difficult to do. Um, It's not just something you can engineer. Now, have I done it before? Yes. Have I created viral content out of nowhere? Yes. But I've done it much more easily when I was serving the existing trends and waves, right? Like, if you know an Apple launch is gonna come out, which, you know, they did yesterday, then yeah, maybe I can make a video about the Apple product and something and I can jump on that wave and I can give my comments on that wave. Just like I'm giving my comments on Dogecoin and whether or not you think you should buy it. I don't think you should buy it. Do I still think it will go to a dollar? I think it's very possible. But do I think it's risky and that the average person should buy it? No, I don't. Do I have some? Yes, but I have such a low cost on it and I've made money on the way up because I was just, I was waiting for the laugh, for the joke because I knew it was coming. And so... And now at this point, it might as well just hold some because it's just, you know, why not? But the truth is I invest in coins and cryptocurrencies based on the same way that I would invest in companies. Who's the team? What value are they creating? And how is this actually going to be utilized? What is the use case? Because there are so many companies out there that are getting, you know, oh, well, you got a 2 million valuation or 200 million valuation, but they are not doing anything yet. They're coming up with IP, they're making some tech, they're figuring out certain things, but they have not found a way to make this utility. They have not found a marketplace. And many cryptos, even the ones that I believe in very heavily, have also not yet figured out all of those different things. But there are some that have very good incentivized tokenomics. Now, I say tokenomics, what that means is economics applied to crypto, right? There are ways where you can create incentives that are win-win structures, ways that the coins are created, ways that these cryptocurrencies are essentially meant to fractal naturally based on the economic principles that are used to kind of build the value of those coins. But, and more importantly... Hopefully the technology and the apps that are built on it, right? DeFi or dApps, if you've ever heard of something like this, the technology actually has function. So for example, NFTs can have a function. They can prove that you own something, right? Or crypto or blockchain can you be used or NFTs can be used as a way of saying, I actually own this deed of land. And therefore, it's very easy to know if you're buying land in Mexico, maybe you're an American or Canadian you want to buy land in Mexico, to check and double check via the blockchain that you're not getting scammed by somebody trying to sell you land that they don't own and is a deed not in their name. And that they can transfer that deed or that NFT in this case to you in a direct way. That's a very real world use case for NFTs. And so... What coin is that going to happen on? I mean, I think it's going to happen on a bunch of different coins to some degree. There's going to be different utilities in different cases and for different reasons in different ways. 
So how do you know if you're going to buy a shit coin or not? Uh, research it. How about that? Learn about the coins. Go to their website. Understand who their teams are. Think about yourself as an investor, not a trader. Now, if you're a trader, great. Good on you. Trade the ups and downs. Play with the margin. Do all those things. Do I think that the average person should do that? No. And I don't think that the average person should be chasing yield. They shouldn't be trying to bandwagon onto the next GME. The, trying to jump on the GameStop rocket ship is not a good idea. Okay? Again, can some people play with these types of things? Yes. Did I buy GameStop? No. Did I buy AMC? Yes, I did, because I believe that AMC, even long-term, will have a reopening play. So there's a reason why I fundamentally believe in AMC in a different way than I believe in GameStop. Now, could you make money? Yes, you can make money trading. Could you lose money? Yes, equally opportune, you know, problem, equal problem, right? And most of you will lose money because most of you, when you're hearing about it and it's going viral, you've already behind the equation here. But in the world of cryptocurrency, if you actually study and you join some really interesting telegram groups and you find some geeky people that are really understand the real tokenomics, the real utility, the real tech, the real teams behind these things, there are amazing cryptocurrencies that are going to disrupt the entire world. I truly believe that things like Bitcoin and Ethereum specifically are going to change the game. But there are other coins like Cardano or Sol or KSM or BAT, uh, Basic Attention Token or Luna, that I think all have very interesting reasons to buy them. Now, I'm not going to go into this because this is not the geeky part of this podcast. It's not the point. But do your homework and figure out where you're trading into the hype. Because yes, Maybe it makes sense to jump on the the hundred percent rally that PooCoin has. Maybe you want to buy some Dogecoin and uh, join the memes, but do that with some extra money. Do that with, for the joke. Do that for the laugh. Do that for the fact that Pika Pika Coin may go to the moon, or just may just get buried and lost in the in the annals of time. But here's the thing: do that with a small amount of money and see what happens. But don't chase it. Don't chase it. Don't put your life savings on it. Don't, don't make this be the thing that you're investing in. If you want to really invest in crypto, there are many ways of doing it. Number one, buy coins that are significantly more stable, right? I'm not going to tell you what coins to buy because I'm not, I'm not a financial advisor. I do think the, some of the coins that I mentioned are all coins that I own. And there's various reasons why I own them and various utilities why I own them. But there are also ways that you can buy into the crypto space through the regular stock market. And if you're a Canadian and you have a TFSA or if you're American, you have a Roth IRA or whatever it is, right? Some of these like vehicles that are tax-free savings vehicles, essentially. Then it's a great idea to potentially buy into crypto in that way. There are crypto ETFs coming out in Canada. There are uh, things like Coinbase that you can invest in or Hive Blockchain or um, uh, Voyager or, or there's so many right? There's so many opportunities out there for you to invest in this, but understand that you're investing in the disruption and understand that you can bring a very good medium to long-term mindset to the equation. And then ladies and gentlemen, you can be right. But is there a chance that there's a bubble? Yes. Is there a chance that there's a dot-com frenzy and that we're in it at the moment? Yes. Do I think crypto is going to go higher? Probably. If I had to guess, Bitcoin will get a hundred thousand by the end of the year, maybe even 120. I think Ethereum will outpace it. I think you should buy those, both those things 
but not because you need to, not because you're taking my advice to, but I think you should understand the fundamental disruptions behind them. And you should avoid buying or trading to try and just multiply your money and make money out of nothing because greed never works out for the greedy. It just doesn't, it does for some, it does from time to time, but so much more often you end up broke at the casino. And that's the truth. So ladies and gentlemen, that is our podcast here today. I love this format. I'm having a blast. I'm so stoked to go down these rabbit holes. And I know that if you got to the end of this clip here or to the end of this podcast, that you might've had a good time. And guess what? You can leave your comments down below in the comments on YouTube. You can write to me at this text number if you want to learn and learn more about my investment opportunities and all the things that I'm talking about when it comes to cryptocurrency and investments that I'm making in general. Again, I am not a financial advisor, but I am an investor and I do have a long-term mindset. So I bring my two cents to the table and you could take it or leave it. If you're interested, leave, you know, text that number down below. But more importantly, hit that subscribe button it means the world to me that if you are loving the show, that you leave a comment, you let me know, you send me a DM, you share it, you do all of those things. But most importantly, just hit that subscribe because then you'll get the notifications that the new episode is out, which will happen every single week. Thanks to me and thanks to Kyler, who's here behind the camera. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll see you in the next episode. Peace.